everyone. I'm Warren Pellick from Lawtrace. Welcome to another legal news update uh, for the week. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Margolis. Matt, how are you, man? Good. How you doing, man? Doing well. Thank you. So this week, we're looking at uh, Disney's battle with a, a new villain, LinkedIn getting scraped, and TurboTax is getting audited for its uh, free filing claims. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about EU's latest big tech law, Obama appealing for tech regulations, the cost of the bar exam, and Musk finally closes its Twitter deal. So let's start with what's going down in Florida between Disney and the state of Florida. Do you want to intro us a little bit on that? Oh, you know I want to. I'm, a, I'm in Florida right now. I'm in South Florida. Yeah. So what's happening right now is there's some, some legislation that's pretty publicized right now. They call the Don't Say Gay Bill. It's my understanding Disney has come out as a, a very public opponent of that bill, as is many other companies. And Governor Ron DeSantis has taken action effectively, and, or at least has persuaded the legislature to take action. And so far, I believe the legislation, it's either proposed or it's already passed. Now, granted, we're in a special session, which is outside of our general legislative session, but things move fast, so they might have already passed. But, but a bill that would abolish the special tax district that Disney is in, which for people listening, Disney is in its own tax district. It kind of has its own control of the area. Right. So it's certainly interesting. I, I'll tell you what, I'm sure it's public knowledge that Disney donates to Republicans just as much as Disney donates to Democrats. So it strikes me as a bit odd to see this. So I know that Disney's for, for years tried to just stay neutral, try to stay out of the culture wars, out of politics. Now its own employees are forcing its hand. Do you see this as kind of anything that's going to affect them in the, in the long term this way? Or, or, you know, is this a precedent being set? Or how do you sure? Well, at least as it relates to employees pressing, I, I actually think we're looking at a microcosm of, of the entire industry. And when I say industry, I mean, probably shouldn't say industry being more specific. I mean, the world. You're going to see companies where their base, their workforce is saying no more. We're not supporting this especially because we've already seen the effects of the great resignation where people are like, I can leave. I can leave. I can go somewhere else. There is a shortage of, of good employees. So I think you're going to see more of this from other companies, other employees saying, no, I don't like that you're supporting XYZ. Now, as it relates specifically to Disney, gosh, I mean, they've, they have been political, maybe just behind the scenes in, in the donations, just like any other company would. Yeah. Going forward, I don't know. Disney is such a family-friendly company. That is their goal, is to make sure they keep that image up. I can't imagine seeing them very far into the public eye for things of this nature on other issues. But if their employees are going to press it on another issue going forward, they're going to have no choice. I have no choice. And it seems that at the end of the day, this is just Ron DeSantis gearing up for 2024. And Disney is such a behemoth in Florida that it seems like even this little tiff uh, won't have kind of like a... It's too important for Florida to lose Disney, it seems like. Yeah. Oh, and, and and I hear this all the time now uh, that like Disney should just up and leave. Disney will never, I say that, right? And then all of a sudden tomorrow, like like when, when we talk about Elon Musk on Twitter, all of a sudden tomorrow Disney will just disappear. But I would be hard pressed to think that Disney would leave Florida and maybe go to California. But I, I think with enough political rhetoric, Disney could maybe do something. I know Georgia, listen, I'll tell you what, Georgia is probably... Licking their chops, saying, come on, Disney, let's do it. Come on over. Because, right, Georgia provides a number of film incentives and other incentives better than probably any other state in the United States. I don't think Disney's going to leave 
But I tell you, if they leave for Georgia, that election won't be fun. Yes, that's also true. That's also true. Cool. So next up, we have what is basically so LinkedIn had sued a competitor over their practice of scraping data off of LinkedIn for their own practice. Uh, LinkedIn sued them. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court, who then kicked it back down to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which said, sorry, LinkedIn, if it's publicly accessible, you can scrape. But what I'd love to talk to, to hear for a little bit from you about it, is how this kind of plays. What is something called the, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, the CFAA? Can we talk? Yeah, it's ancient. It's this old, it's this old act that was enacted like when we're talking the 80s before the Internet, really. I think it was likely. Uh, and again, I this predates me. I would imagine it was probably enacted originally when when computers started to become a thing. And they're like, oh, well, you know. We need to have some sort of legislation in place to regulate something because something will happen in the future. And I, I don't think it has much fangs, or at least it didn't have much fangs for a while. And I tell you what, this opinion solidifies that. But do we see this a lot? I, I'm kind of outside of this, but do we see this a lot where kind of an older law or maybe a law that doesn't have, as you're saying, as much fang, as much bite in the modern age kind of gets colored anew by these rulings? Is that what we're seeing? You see that sometimes you do see some sort some acts where its intention was not the case. And then over time, certain opinions are like, oh, it actually it can be applied in this context. And then you're right. It builds where where progeny case law says, oh, yeah, actually, in this scenario. But that's really legislating from the bench. So I, I think with more conservative courts, you would assume that wouldn't be the case. But it's certainly interesting. I see what I want to outside of, of the CFAA. I think my when I read this, my issue was. Doesn't it affect, I mean, the terms of service? That's kind of my thought. Like you, you agree to these terms of service when you go on LinkedIn, for example, right? You create an account, you go on LinkedIn, you agree to the terms. Is it not just a, I mean, cool, all right, the CFA is not applicable, but is it not just a breach of the terms and services? I mean, that's what strikes me as odd. Yeah, I mean, hey, the Ninth Court doesn't think so. <laughs> Though I guess if you or I are putting our, our data on LinkedIn and, and, and a third party comes in and scrapes that, already public, scrapes and puts it on their website, you and I are not breaching terms of service, right? Oh, if we put it on the website and it is scraped without our knowledge? Yeah, by IQ. IQ yeah, that wouldn't be our fault, right? We had no, we, we weren't scraping it. We had no intent of scraping it. It was put on the internet against our own knowledge right. for sure. But, you know, if HIQ goes on there and get and literally lo, like gets into LinkedIn, right? Is is on LinkedIn page. I mean, they're agreeing to the terms and services. So I I, I find it, I just find it odd. Uh, I think maybe and listen, I don't know because can't candidly, I have not read the the opinion. This is probably fairly narrow. I don't know if uh, when it comes down to the, the trial court or the federal trial court that this is another issue they're addressing. But it's that was my thought when I read it. But in any event, outside of all that, I have to say an interesting ruling, especially for a lot of companies that. That's great. I mean, look, I mean, you go to any job board is probably a good example. And it's probably, I mean, I can't say that, you know, I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but I can't say that for sure. But it's safe to say at least some job boards are nothing more than scrape jobs from the internet, you know, from various sources like Indeed or LinkedIn or whatnot. Right. So sounds like the, uh, the gates are open now. <laughs> you know, it is. The floodgates are here. So, and then the last major story we have this week is the FTC going after TurboTax or TurboTax's parent company Intuit for very misleading claims about free filing, which this week I had some personal uh, (laughs) with and was not happy about. But we were talking a little bit before this about what it means when the FTC goes after somebody, you were saying. 
usually, uh, at least I've seen it. I've seen it in the franchise context, especially. But when you violate an FTC rule, regulation, like a promulgated rule, it can be used as the base. Now, again, I'm speaking broadly. Some attorney is going to listen to this. Some like consumer finance attorney is going to be like, Matt, you're a monster and you're wrong. But at least it, it's my understanding that, you know, a violation of an FTC regulation can be formed the basis of a unfair trade practices act claim. And I believe that's what's out there already. I think it's either been filed or there's threat of a class action for unfair deceptive trade practices such as this, which... Which, I mean, TurboTax cornered 70% of the tax filing market. That's tens of millions of Americans. And if that's a class action where they have to refund any bit of money, we're talking billions of dollars, right? It's true. Now, I say that, and we're in the rise of class action waivers, which if you're listening, you can sign effectively in a contract, you could waive a right to a class action and a formal class action, arbitration agreements, where you have mandatory arbitrations, and singular arbitrations where you're not, you can't do some sort of class of folks arbitrating a claim. It's one arbitration at a time. So I'm sure that's an issue here as well, where there is singular arbitration provisions where everyone is just taking their ticket and got to go arbitrate all, what is it, uh, 10 million Americans, yeah. 20 million Americans, 30 million Americans. So yes, it's a lot of money, but it may be, and again, I don't know, I, I haven't seen any of those agreements, but if that's the case, that's going to be not fun, not fun at all. <laughs> like filing taxes, not fun. <laughs> Just like filing taxes. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Okay, so some of the, the smaller stories we're, we're forwarding you this week. First one is this new, what's called the Digital Service Act, or the DSA, which the EU has just passed to make illegal content on Google, Facebook, uh, these social media platforms, illegal is legal. And if they find that it's on the platform not taken down, if you're in violation, find you 6% of gross global revenue, that's huge. Here's a trillion dollar fine. <laughs> That's great. Hello, Mr. Google. Please provide the $6 billion fine in my hands by the end of day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we are again, we talked about this not long ago. The EU is, is kind of, I guess, you know, leading the, the pack with, with regulating big tech. Oh, yeah. Listen, privacy attorneys rejoice. You will always have a career. You will always have a, a place because of uh, the EU's legislation. So, yeah, that is hefty. It's a bit aggressive. And I'd like to see how it does, especially compared to some of the legislation or legislation, privacy acts that they've passed in the past. I am more curious if companies like Google and Facebook and whatnot will implement like a global policy just because it seems I'm not a privacy attorney. I'm just speaking practically. It seems like it may be a mess to implement the DSA solely in the EU or where you operate in the EU as opposed to globally. If that's the case, that's that is that is certainly an overhaul. And again, I'm speaking to you privacy attorneys that, that are listening to this. You got this. You know, you're you're about to shine. Or you're already shining, but you're gonna shine bright. <laughs> <laughs> so similar to that, actually, uh, we have Obama who who's now calling for a revision of Section 230 of the regulation here in the United States. He's been for years now uh, fighting against disinformation on on social media platforms. So that's that's also a very similar case. Sure. It, that one, I, I'll weigh in. I won't, I won't weigh in too much because I'm all over social media and I know I'm sure someone wants to sue me on somewhere. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel necessarily about repealing Section 230 just because 
these social media platforms have effectively become like the public square. Not saying that I'm not implying that they're government sanctioned, that they're that opens the door to any sort of First Amendment liability. I'm just saying, you know, they are pretty close to the public square, whether it's disinformation or what you believe to be disinformation. Should Twitter, should Facebook, should LinkedIn, what have you not, you know, should they be liable for things of that nature? I don't know. I don't know. And over the next year or probably year, three years, this is going to be it's going to reach a boiling point where we're going to have to either. I'm not saying repeal 230, but amend 230 or someone's going to call, you know, say a call to action, remove 230. Something's going to happen. I don't know what the right answer is, to be honest with you. But I, I don't know if it's to repeal 230. I do agree that that whether his tactic is correct or not, the fact that Obama is such a public figure who continues to champion this issue, whatever the, the end result might be, right, whether it is kind of revising 230 or some other law, I will give him credit for maintaining this issue and saying that this is right. a huge threat and it's something that needs to be dealt with. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is kind of a, a different one here. This is, you know, the exam fees, the test prep, everything for the bar exam. People are coming out and saying that it's a, a huge cost. It can be up to $10,000. And that's it's pretty problematic for who gets to enter the, the legal world. Have you had experience with this? Oh, yeah. The bar is so expensive. The bar is, gosh, there were people taking out bar loans and owned specifically for the bar exam. Yeah, they would take a bar loans. The bar loans would pay off the bar exam. They would pay off the bar class. Wow. Whether it be Barbary was one or Themis or there's a couple. You end up pay to live. And some people are still paying those loans off. To be honest with you. They wrapped into your student loans because those were high interest loans. Yeah, it's, it is expensive. Now, do firms kind of like a perk offer to, to cover ever the cost of that? Is that a thing? Yes. When I started practicing law, my uh, firm at the time paid for it, paid for the bar. Did not pay for my cost of living or whatnot, but just the cost of the bar exam, which was a 2600 bucks, I think. Paid for it. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's crazy. The last story, which, which quite literally came in minutes before we started this, was Elon Musk closing the deal with Twitter. He will be buying it for $44 billion. And just as we talked about last week, $21 billion is coming from his own pocket. The rest is being financed by Morgan Stanley, by other institutions. So big news right there. No surprise. Listen, if you want to buy something and you have a lot of money, people will provide you with credit. People will provide you with money and they'll get it done. So it'll be interesting to see over the next coming weeks. And or I, I suspect we will probably be talking about it again. Oh, yeah. What the changes to Twitter ultimately will be. If there are any. It doesn't seem like he, he's kind of leveraging that much money to just do nothing. Yeah, you're right. What 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 is his motive to, to spend so much money? A very good question. Well, that was this week's uh, legal news update. As always, thank you, Matt, for, for joining me. And, and thank you, everyone else, for, for watching. We'll see you next week.